We're starting. It is episode 210. God, that sounds nice. 210 of No Laugh Track Podcast, Acme Comedy Company's official podcast. Uh, my name is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. As always, I am still living off the high of last night, coming to see the show here at Acme on a Thursday night. It's Friday right now. I got to see one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. I mean that because Ronnie Cheng, my guest, was hilarious. Nate Abshire was hilarious. But Nate's not here right now. It's me and Ronnie. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks so much for saying that. I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you see great shows here all the time. It's a great club. You know, it's almost like every comic I spoke to before I came here, every single one was like, oh, Acme? Oh, you're in for a treat. They said that, yeah. Right. What? Yeah. What did you think when you heard that uh, that Louis C.K. did a surprise show here, like just uh, two days before you showed up? Yeah. I mean, on one hand, I'm not surprised because um, it, like, as one of the best clubs in the country, I'm not surprised what, like you get people like that dropping in to support it. Um, but the timing was pretty funny. It was like, oh, he was just here last week. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and the the reason why he was here was pretty interesting. I was like, what? I didn't even know there was issues going on with the parking. Yeah. So when I read like, because okay, so the context is before I came here, everyone's like, yeah, it's the best club in the country. You're gonna you're gonna love it. It's really one of the beautiful, most beautiful, mm-hmm. best audiences. Our ownership gives a fuck. Yes. Um, and then the next thing I read is closing closing days in trouble. Yeah. Louis C.K. has to come and save it, and uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that was quick. That high didn't last very long." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great However, club is closing down. Oh shit! Well, I'm glad I got one gig in there before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm talking about bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's not closing down, right? No, there, we, there's no, we, there's been no one. Let's be make clear with that. Yeah. There's been no announcement that it's. Yeah, that's not. It's not closing, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and actually, I got this right from. I spoke with the owner, yeah. uh, Louis Lee, yeah. last night. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah. Yes, your father. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more uncle, but father. Okay, yeah. let's go with father. And um, yeah, he told what Eric just uh, announced from the back there. Yeah. If if things don't work out here, and uh, there will not be a day without an Acme Comedy Company. Oh, it'll be built. It'll transfer from here to the very next day to over there. There Ooh. always will be an Acme. Wow, that's yeah. that's a uh, that's huge. That's yeah. great to know. But also, I, I was speaking to Lou, Lou, um, Lewis, and he told me that it's not the fight isn't over yet. No, it's still going on. So. It, I, I think what happened was because Louis C.K. was joking about it. And you know when that happens, people go, what? what, what it's closing? Yeah. Because I mentioned it in the show last night, and I immediately regret mentioning it because um, most of the audience didn't know what I was talking about. You know, and I, nor, nor, felt, I felt that. Yeah, and nor <laughs> should they need to know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in a way, yeah, it, because it was such a good community, sometimes you make in-jokes when you're feeling comfortable. And you're yeah. like, oh, you guys don't know about what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, better move on. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's not closing. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> Uh, Tonight? Do we have to leave now? <laughs> Can I take my chair home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Lewis, by the way, the owner of the Acme Comedy Club, man, great, great guy. Oh, he's the best. I, I didn't know what to expect because, I, like I said, everyone kept talking the club up, and I just assumed that when you run a tight organization like that, the guy at the top usually, more often than not, he's like a hot ass, like, you know, who doesn't, sure. doesn't take shit, like gets shit done. Um but he was super nice. So yeah. No, very involved. Yeah, involved, but also friendly, approachable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It really seems to give a fuck. I can't say enough good things about it because the way they run it here, um, even even the, the open mic competition at the start was was perfect because you get, so it's like, it's a trifecta. You get 
it's interesting. People yeah. coming in to watch support their friends, so yeah. you get you you get the benefits of that. Correct. Um, and then you get people. Um, you develop local talent, mm-hmm. you know, doing stand up. Yeah. And and it wasn't it like to be to be honest, it wasn't draining. Like usually, sometimes those things can be too long and it gets really draining if if the open micers. Um, on on the best, yeah. But in this case, the the, the open micers on my show were great. But even if they won, it was only ten minutes. It's yeah. three minutes each. Yep. Even your worst case is like, so it doesn't drain the show. It you you get all the benefits without any of the downside. Yo, it's it's you know he 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 cares. He how about the and I? How about the woman last night that uh, came? She with killed her, it. With the story is she won the night. The uh, breast cancer. Yeah, and, yeah. Hey. I got breast cancer. I got. I'm gonna knock this one off my list and go try some stand up. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. She killed it. And then afterwards, I asked. Her, I thought she'd been on maybe you know a few times or been doing a couple months. She said that was the first gig. Wow. So we're hyping up now without, and it's kind of unfair because if you can't listen to a set, we're kind of like talking That's without true. context. But we had someone come on last night who did three minutes and she was killer. She was a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she I didn't know at the time, but she brought a bunch of friends in the corner, which oh, were, yeah. which were the friends who. Well, like during my set, were like arms folded and all that. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I understand why. I was like, "Oh, you guys were here for the friend. You you guys not here for anything else." Man. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, she was great. I really, I really like the open micers. And- is it uh, is it tough to not notice people with their arms folded? No, I always feel like you know you you because you're on stage and you're in a zone and you're just riffing. And you're just commenting on people and what what they look like, so that comes into play. But I always find like it's not great to attack the audience even a little bit because it obviously depends on your act. If you're the um, and believe me, man, I've run the spectrum. I used to be, you know, my act used to be way more aggressive, way more attacking the audience. Really, like, in it, you know, in a not in a. I would like to think at the time it was part of the act. You're just yelling at the audience, you know, being being angry at, at, at situations and yelling at the audience. And that works for five minutes. But if you're doing an hour, then it's like you can't yell at individuals like that for an hour. <laughs> uh, and that's part of the development process, I think. And the other thing is what what also changed my comedy with that was actually sitting and watching shows again. Um, because for the longest time, I was just doing shows and I wasn't watching shows. Okay. And then you go and sit in the audience and then you get an empathy for the audience perspective, which I think is important. I mean, whether or not it changes your act, but it's just important to know what people are going through. And people come, like, as comics, you you know, we, we tend to be very self-absorbed and up our own ass sometimes with the <laughs> performance part of it. But people who come, it's like they came, they sacrificed time and money. But time, more importantly, you know, and on a weekday, mm-hmm. you know, they go work the next day. And they've had a long day of work and they're coming out off the back of a long day of work they've come down they yep. found parking some of them had to get babysitters like it's a big commitment to come out for sure and and so they come out and sit down and they're there to enjoy themselves and you know to if the if the performer's attacking them it you know it, it it's not great like if you, if I was an audience member and I paid money and I was excited to come and I made a lot of sacrifices to come and it's not it's not that just because I made all the sacrifices I therefore you you know you're my monkey. You better <laughs> deliver. It's not that right. attitude. It's more like, hey, I'm here to enjoy myself. Um, and the performer, you know, crosses the line in attacking them, or like for some reason, is more aggressive than usual. Or, sorry, more aggressive than is appropriate. Right. It's like, well, fuck you. Like I came to watch you. You know, I came. I'm here to support you. Why why are you attacking us? So just that empathy, I think, is it, I, for me, it was a big 
you know, like, oh yeah, you're here. Yeah, we're all in this together. Yeah. It's not it's not you versus me. It's we're all in this together. And, it's in, it's yeah. interesting. I uh, I brought my wife along last night, who I always drag here. Right. right. <laughs> uh, no, sure not always that. dragging. But um, sounds like she loves it. She she had a great, <laughs> she, she had a great time. Yeah. We get into little battles sometimes about. Yeah. She's a big uh, country. She works at a country music station. Yeah. Is a big country music right. fan. Right. I'm not. Right. So we have a kind of like this sure. battle slash balance of. How many times do I can I take her to Acme versus <laughs> how many shitty country shows am I going to go to right, right. and not get to drink and hate everyone? Uh, right. That's a long story. Right. Anyway, uh, I brought along two friends that have not been to a comedy club in, I think, probably 20 years combined. 20, okay. La- uh, last night. Yeah. And it was funny because they both, we, got, we had seats real up close here, yeah. uh, just probably about five feet from the stage. Yeah. And um, the, the two, the, my two friends, they were, you know, of course, worried. Well, I hope we're too close. Are we going to get picked on? Right, right, like, right. I, you know, that it really right. doesn't. Right. It's interesting to me that people still think that, right. you know, that sitting in front means you're going to become a target. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, it's it's a it's it's a mixed bag because because I I watch other comics interact with audience members and maybe I don't know, maybe I become squeamish about it, but I'm always like I would I probably wouldn't have said that to them or I wouldn't have. Look, I mean, but that's I think a certain amount of playful banter is obviously great. It can make a good show great, mm-hmm. and I think it's what separates the you know the good comics from the great comics. Yeah. Being able to have playful banter with the audience and stuff. So, you know, there's that, and there's a way of of talking and and breaking balls without making people <laughs> go you know uh, without crossing the line. So, yeah. um, it and but it's an art form. There's no science to it. There's no right answer, right? Is there's no. Yeah. Yes or no? Don't interact. It's yeah, interact, but you got to figure it out. That's part of the yeah. art of yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is that your friend being worried. I mean, I guess I can see that. Um, you, you know, people get uncomfortable, especially if it's dragging on for too long and it's going nowhere and it's very like. Yeah. Well, you know what though, uh, Ronnie, yeah. he, the three beam and cokes he had during the uh, show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he could have handled it by the time you right. got on stage. Right. Well, I'm glad they came for this show then because. You forget, you know, we're in the industry, and you forget that a lot of people don't view stand up the way we view it. Stand up for them is like a once in a while thing. Like I know, yeah, yeah. For us, it's like an everyday thing, and for them, it's like, oh, stand up, yeah, yeah. I went there. I went to stand up gig two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like country music for you. It's like country music, yeah. I went to I went to a gig two years ago. I yeah. listened, I listened to Keith Urban. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. So just just being out of your bubble, I think it's healthy to be to view things from outside the bubble. Oh, I love bringing people yeah. here that are that it's not their thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, because right. I'm hoping that it will become their thing. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they tell their friends and so yeah, on totally. and so on. Like good and, yeah. comedy. That's and that's 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 the thing, right? Like good comedy is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. When someone does well, it's like it's that's. It's good for everybody because it makes people want to see comedy. Yeah, like how much comedy can one man produce, right? For I sure. Mean, Louis C.K.'s at probably the top of his game, and he's doing an hour and a half a year, two hours at most. So there's still a whole year to fill up. Like other comics, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, there's uh, there's room for other comics to um, um, find an audience. Right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about your. How long, when did you start comedy? Uh, I started comedy March 2009. So that would be seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago, about that's, seven years ago. That's not that long ago. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. Um, yeah, I've been pretty lucky with the opportunities and stuff. So, and there, so let's do a quick little uh, background. You were born in. Uh, I was born in. I was born in Malaysia, and then I moved to New Hampshire when I was uh, three years old. Well, no, I moved to New Hampshire when I was like, oh yeah, I moved when I was three, 
Then to I, New Hampshire. To New Hampshire, yeah. What, why? Uh, my, my, my parents went there for college, so they brought us along. My parents went to college really late in life after they had two kids, and then they went to college oh, from, wow. Malaysia, from Malaysia. So they went there for, um, you know, first time overseas, uh, never been to America before. They just went there to get an education. And then um, wow. they... We f- they four years they finished in four years they got masters and they got undergrad and masters and then they went back to we all went back to Singapore oh, okay. so I moved to Singapore on seven and then uh, after si- I spent ten years in Singapore uh, going to school there all that and then um, I moved to Australia for law school undergrad law school um, and then I, I was I spent ten years in Australia so I, I finished my degree and then I couldn't get a job and then I just started doing comedy so I was doing comedy for six years thereabouts until um i was doing okay in australia i was doing pretty well and and then i i got the job on a daily show last september yeah so i moved to america for that yeah i was actually on tour when i moved i was on tour for i was on a three-month tour of the edinburgh fringe festival around australia so when i moved to america when i got the job it was like i you know i was like on the road so i didn't get to go home or anything i just went straight to america yeah. holy cow yeah yeah uh it's interesting when i'm looking stories up about you online and you're yeah. described as uh what does it say malaysian born australian comic yeah i guess we call it chinese malaysian yeah and then born in the australian comedian yeah it, it, it's, it's too many things for america <laughs> right it's too many things like they can't understand they can uh-uh. get one of those things but maybe two yeah but three or four, it's like we don't get this anymore. You're yeah. too worldly. We, I can't it, relate. Yeah, it's too. It, it, it <laughs> basically to. I mean, to break it down, it's. I'm ethnically Chinese. I'm like third generation Malaysian. Okay. Nationality. Malaysian is my nationality. Mm-hmm. And then I just started doing comedy in Australia. Yeah. And I was. I spent ten years in Singapore. So I, you know, that that place is like my parents live in Singapore. Oh, they do. Yeah. So okay. I got connections there. It's not just superficial. Like I got strong. Con- in fact, I was gonna after Australia, I was gonna move back to Singapore. Oh, wow. to, to to do just what? Live, just live. And I, it, it's weird. Like when you grow up someplace, you just assume that you're naturally gonna move back there. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, that's supposed to be home, right? Yeah. And then the longer you spend away, the more you're like, oh, it doesn't have to be home. Or I found someplace better, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, that's just what happened. What What do your parents do in Singapore? Um, they They used to be corporate guys, and then they. they my dad retired, so he's just he do, he does he splits his time between Malaysia and Singapore because Malaysia and Singapore are separated by a bridge, so he just travels back and forth. Oh, okay. And he He does his own thing. Like he has a farm in Malaysia that he loves running, so he does that, and then he goes to Singapore and hangs out. So he's just chilling out. Yeah. Um, so when you were back in, uh, when you finished school, what yeah. job were you looking for? You couldn't when find. When I finished law school, I was looking for, I guess, a legal job. Yeah, I was looking for. Uh, I finished law school in Australia, and I was looking for a job, but I didn't have the best grades. So, um, and also, I'm I'm not an Australian citizen, so it's kind of a little bit tougher to find. Oh. You have to be really good to 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 get hired by them. You know, for them to over not overlook, but to be willing to sponsor your work visa and all that stuff. So oh wow! I was kind of middle of the road, and um, uh, I actually got a great job in in Malaysia. They offered me uh this consulting job in in Malaysia. I had to decide between this consulting job or doing um this open mic competition in Australia, and I went for the open mic competition. Yeah, I I don't know. I had a feeling like I was like I can always get that job. But I I feel like this is my window to kind of do comedy, so I I chose that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was the only clear moment I had to pick between the two, um, because it, I I didn't have to quit a job to do comedy. Oh, you know what I mean, okay. I never had a job. I just did comedy. Right on. But that was the only time when I had to choose between going back to Malaysia to do this corporate job or 
or doing comedy. Yeah. So how did you? Okay, you know, so then the Daily Show ends, and then yeah. they announced Trevor Noah is yes. going to be the host. Yes. And how? How did that happen? How did you happen? Right. How did well, that happen? well, the way I think it happened, which I've only had very fleeting conversations about this with Trevor. Like I talked to him a lot, but we we never really talk about this because we're guys and we don't talk about emotions and stuff. But, <laughs> talk but now. I, yeah, but I think what happened was um, so I did. I only met Trevor once at Just for Laughs in 2013, and we did a gala together. Okay. We did a warm up spot together, then we did a gala together at Just for Laughs, and. And he was great, and you know I did well at that gala. If I, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but that spot went well. And yeah. then, and then, he said some complimentary things about me, and I didn't see him for two and a half years. You know, I didn't speak to him. We never exchanged numbers. Uh-huh. Didn't, didn't even follow each other on Twitter. Nothing. And then, I two and a half years later, I get this email on my website asking me, not from him, from one of the producers of the Daily Show, asking me to audition. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is Trevor. Um, and then he, you know, we, we spoke about it a little bit and he kind of confirmed that he, he said, yeah, we need him. And we are, we're not, you know, we want friends. We want, and he just hired me based on that one thing. So he really stuck his neck out for me. And I, wow. I, I, you know, I owe him a lot. Uh, everything that's happened in America for me, I, I definitely owe to him. And, um, uh, yeah, it was a real dream come true. Move to, I've been trying to move to America for 20 years now. I was going to ask you, did, did you ever have a, so you did have a plan to move Yeah, I was here? going to come to New York. I was gonna. Uh, my plan was to move to New York this year anyway. Oh, okay. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh my god, that would have been the most the most difficult thing ever to come here without a job. Or? Without a job to come here without a job. I had the visa, but but to come here and assume that you can grind it out is it's it's tough. It's tough to grind it out here. I will say that. Like I noticed I, I noticed you didn't say you were going to move back to New Hampshire. Yeah, not New Hampshire, to grind out in comedy in New Hampshire. The New Hampshire comedy scene. No no disrespect to New Hampshire. I've been there. I visited there again recently for the um the uh debates. There was a debate there or was there a primary there? I went back there after 20 years. It was nice to see my old apartment. Oh man, I've been trying to visit there for 20 years. It was like a weird flashback. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so um that was cool, and um, uh, yeah, what were we talking about just before that? The, I, I the just just for that, yeah. I was I've been I was gonna come here anyway, and and without the show, man, it would have been a lot harder, you know, just to get because the sh- what the good thing about the show is that it gives you the street cred to get into comedy rooms. I'm sure you know, and unfortunately, that's the deal, um, and I think. You, unfortunately, sometimes in this industry, it's not all about your comedic ability. You know, you need you need a boost. Sure, oh. need, you need someone to vouch for you. You need someone to give you a chance. Um, a- and absolutely, the, yeah. And the show, you know, really vouched for me as well as the people I've met in America. They really vouched for me. Like I, I worked with, I got to open for Bill Burr. I got to open for Chappelle in Some Australia. Some of the best. Yeah, and and you, everyone needs a helping hand. You know, everyone needs, no matter who you are, you can't do it alone. You need someone to. Those go. guys give you advice. Oh yeah, tons of advice. They're, they're the best. Bill Burr was awesome. I mean, and Dave Chappelle is very, a very profound guy. Like with Bill Burr, uh, the way that I met him was crazy. I didn't even, it, it, I can't even believe that's how it happened because he. 
I got a message one day on my Facebook from Bill from the Bill Burr account, but the profile picture was like a car. Like you know who it is. It could be anybody. Right. And so this Bill Burr account messages my Facebook page and he goes, Hey Ronnie, uh just wanna say I watched some of your stuff on a plane. Uh really love it. It's super funny. Uh I hope to see you around the traps someday. And I was like, There's no way this is Bill Burr. Like this is some friend pranking me. Sure. And I was gonna be like, Hey, go fuck yourself like but and 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 then I was like, you know what, I can live with being pranked. But I can't live with Bilbo telling Bilbo to fuck himself. So, <laughs> so I said I'll take the prank, right? I'll just write back. I'll be like, I'll bite. I'll be like, hey, hey, Bill, uh, thanks so much. I'm a big fan of you. Right. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but I actually, I'm actually based in Australia, so I don't know if I'll see you around the traps, but hopefully I will someday. And thanks so much for the message. And then he replies back like, oh, hey, actually, I'm thinking of touring Australia next year i hope you can be on that show and i was like of course anytime so I, you know we don't speak for months and I, I'm, and you the I'm, whole time you're thinking i don't know what that I, was i don't know whether it's real or not there's no way to confirm it and i actually asked if we had like one mutual friend and so i asked that guy but he wasn't sure anyway it was a long story yeah <laughs> I so I, I couldn't confirm whether it was him up to the point where i entered the green room to meet him i still wasn't sure whether it was actually no him. way yeah and so i went into the green room during his first show in melbourne and he was like, "Hey, Ronnie, thanks so much." I, and that's that's you know, I'm a huge you know, he's like my uh, one of my biggest influencers, yeah. and and um, so it was really nice to meet him. And yeah, he he was he's a super down to earth guy, and to the point where if you're too much of a fanboy around him, it gets really weird. Oh, it's it, I think easier to hang out with him if you're just normal. Sure. If you get too much of a fanboy, he does he goes, he's so down to earth like that. So, oh, that's cool. You know, he give me advice here and there, and yeah. When uh, so when they contacted when Comedy Central con- contacted yeah, yeah. the Daily Show people, yeah, they yeah. How, how did they describe the job? Oh, they said they just it was just from the production company of the Daily Show, and it, it they said uh, just wondering if Ronnie's interested in auditioning, sending in a tape for the correspondence role. The role involves lots of travel and st- studio appearances and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, of course. Are you kidding? Yeah, I love to audition for it. Yeah, had and you done anything like? Anything similar? No, I've I've never been really political. I've always followed American politics. For I'm not just saying that. Like I I've always you know uh, I listen to Meet the Press every week and I watch the West Wing and you know I'm always <laughs> what you know following U.S. politics, the spectacle of it. And yeah, <laughs> I mean I that's the only country's politics I can talk intelligently about. Like even though I lived in Australia and all that, I can't really talk about Australian politics. I never followed it. Um, history as well. History. I love history. Yeah. yeah. So why why did you mention that? I I don't know. You know what? Because yeah, I I, I had a <laughs> because I had a radio job for a long time, and I've been out of radio for a little over a year now. Uh-huh. And just this week, I got to sit in on a uh, a morning show yeah. uh, that uh, is so leans a little right wing. Okay, and so I uh, that was my biggest fear going in and sitting in with these guys is that. Uh, but goddamn, I hope I know enough history. Like I don't sound like an idiot, right? You know, not gonna, just current event and what's going yeah. on. Trump, Hillary, start re- referencing stuff that happened in the past. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. I hope I, I hope I, uh, you yeah. know, still yeah. have this stuff back there. Yeah, I, history is super. I love history, so all that stuff is ra- around my alley, you know. Um, but I've never, I've never been polit- p- uh, particularly political. Um, so well, when they asked me to uh, audition, I mean, I'm like, yeah. I'll, for sure, yeah. I, I've but I, and also I've never done a, a, I've never worked in daily television like that, late night talk show. Never written for television like that. Like all my TV appearances in Australia were sketch, or, okay, or stand up or panel. 
um, I don't know what you, in America, I think you call it personal appearances where you're just on a panel of people. That's how we do it in like the UK and Australia. Yeah. It's all panel shows for comics where we're just like chiming in. Yeah. So, no, no. That, that, yeah. Um, that works here, panel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sketch, do a lot of sketch stuff. So never been on like a, you know, uh, a late night talk show like that. So. Yeah. Did you ever want to do like sketch as a career? Not really. I mean, I, I've done sketch shows in Australia. Right. I've done it. I've appeared on my friend uh, Nazim Hussein's show, uh, Legally Brown. It was like a Chappelle-type show where he does a stand-up bit and he cut to a sketch. Sure. Um, and we've done, you know, full-on, like, white people sketch shows and all that. Um, <laughs> and, like, um, and it's it's a lot of fun, but sketch is hard, man. Like, uh-huh. ske- to get sketch right is hard. And I think, look, like, the audience doesn't get that, and I understand why they shouldn't have to get that it's hard to do sketch they sh- because the audience should just watch stuff and it, it should be like a black box, right? Like it's good. Or- so I get that not everyone's a comedy nerd. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that you should go into stuff, you know, knowing all the ins and outs of it. You should just watch it for what it is, mm-hmm. right? There's like lay people, which is fine. Yeah. But ske- I got I to tell you guys, sketch is hard. Sketch comedy is hard. Like even at the highest level, the NBA level of sketch, which is what SNL or whatever, like, and they'll be the first to admit it's not 100% hit rate. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not dissing SNL. I, I'm saying this because I really respect SNL, yep. what they do. It's hard with all the resources, all the talent they have. It's hard to do sketch, you know. Uh, and, and so people who don't get that, it's easy to like trash people. If you have a, what, 60, 70% hit rate on sketch, that's remarkable. Yeah. You know, because sketch is hard. So uh, I've always preferred. Um, like comedy, just sitcom style, you know, community, uh, Silicon Valley, I style of comedy. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's for me. That's um, easier, I guess. Yeah. Um, what if you? Uh, what if you were offered a uh, to audition for SNL and you had to show up in character? Do you have yeah, any idea what I you can, would do? No, man. I got no acting ability. I got no characters. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty. Basically, this is it. Like, yeah. I can't even do any voices. This is if you don't like this. For I go for auditions for roles, and I'm like. Within five seconds, you, do you want this voice? If you don't want this voice, then <laughs> it's over. Because yeah. and that's why I didn't move to LA either. Because I was doing you know auditions in LA. I, I was in LA for pilot season in 2015, February 2015, just to just to okay. do some reconnaissance. I was trying to decide whether to move to LA or New York, and I was doing some reconnaissance there. And I was like, yeah, for me, it's not my game. Like I'm more likely to get casted based off someone seeing my stand-up than sure. I am. Like, I'm not going to go in a room full of people who look like me and out-act this guy from New York drama school. Sure. You know what I mean? I, it, so, so my only... I should play to my strengths, which, I, I mean, if it is... I hope it is a strength, my stand-up. And um, uh, that's why I moved to New York. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, within seconds, you can tell whether you want this character... I don't even have that much range for this. I can... This accent, and then my range is like angry or angrier. <laughs> So if you want someone who's, I can do angrier. If you want some nuance, I'm like, I don't think I can give you that. We're going to need you to sound either more Asian or less Asian, yeah. but not what you're doing now. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> like, uh, It's not because I don't respect it. It's because I, I can't do it. You yeah. know? So, But, but um, I, I, I tell you what, though, ever since moving to America, I've really pushed myself um, in terms of um, rising to the occasion a little bit with acting ability on the show and stuff. Yeah. Like I've gotten out of my comfort zone. Good. Um, and it's been it's been interesting. How do you like living in New York? Uh, it it's great. I've been trying to move there for a long time, so yeah. it's great. Um, well, I'm always curious. Uh, the, the living conditions. Yeah, it's great and it's exciting. It's a tough city if you're not making money, and it's a tough city if you're old. 
if you're tough if you're if you have kids i think it's a tough city to live oh, in. i couldn't even imagine yeah because uh, i can see how why people leave like when before that you know as outside looking in you're always like it's the best city why would anyone ever leave that and then you move there and like oh okay it's tough it's a tough city yeah. it, it's it's great and it's tough equal parts yeah. you know um and uh it it takes it takes living there and then moving out of there or even just visiting other places to see how tough it can be you go out places like minneapolis or like cleveland or even melbourne australia yeah. and you're like oh this these cities are way easier to live in like <laughs> open spaces chill a bit more chilled out you know um uh you were on stage last night you said something about uh the traffic here yeah and i noticed the crowd with like was half was with you and half was kind of like the traffic is bad traffic here. sucks man what are you like, talking yeah, about yeah there you go by it's minnesota standards you think man is does it suck here or is it just it sucks by Minnesota standards. I see. I you know. You don't know. Okay. I don't know. I guess. Okay. I guess I don't know. I'm walking around the city. There's no gridlock. There's barely a car when I walk around the city. I'm well, downtown Minneapolis right now. It's true. Yeah. But if you tried to get from Minneapolis to downtown St. Paul it's, at it's a nightmare at four o'clock today. It's a nightmare. It's gonna take okay. a long time. That's ignorance on my part. Yeah. Then. But that, he, that same drive to get here today to talk to you yeah. took me twenty minutes. If I was leaving here at four o'clock, it would take me over twice as long to get back. Jesus. So, well, then, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for a heads up. I won't mention that <laughs> yeah. today. But here's one thing I noticed as well, and I need, I need your help on this. Yeah. So I was cross. I was jaywalking in the city today. Yeah. And when you're about to jaywalk, like buses to stop for you to jaywalk. Is that normal? Uh, uh, that's. <laughs> That's interesting. Because I thought it was, I thought he was stopping because he was. It was a bus was getting, stop. Yeah, he wasn't. He was stopping so I could cross in front of him. But I, I wasn't crossing because I was jaywalking, so I was letting traffic pass. Sure. And he just stopped, and I was like, "Here's the deal." Yeah. Downtown Minneapolis, yeah. where we are right now, and yeah. where you were, uh, a lot of people just cross the street wherever the hell they want to. Right. So I think that's what you experienced. But they were friendly about it. Yes. Now, but there also is a law here in Minnesota uh-huh. that if someone, and I, I'm someone who doesn't agree with this, yeah. because I think, well, here's the law is that if, you're, if the pedestrian is at a crosswalk, by law, the uh, guy, person in the vehicle, has to stop and yeah. let you go. Not yeah. in the not jaywalking in the middle of a block, yeah. but at a crosswalk at a corner. Yeah. You're supposed to legally stop and yeah. let them cross. Yeah. Most people just keep going. Right. Uh, I actually had a thing earlier this week where a woman was. Cro- I was at a residential street. Someone yeah. was crossing. She was two feet to uh, from getting all the way across. And I'm driving by. I don't. If she would have been in the middle, I would have stopped. Right, she was right, in front right. of me. I didn't even really slow down. Yeah. She turns around and screams at me, You gotta fucking stop! Oh, right, right. <laughs> Lady, you're, you, right. You, there's no way. I right. could have swerved to the right four feet and I would have, wouldn't right. have hit you. Come, now right. you're taking it too far. Right, now right, you're right. like, right. Priv- your privilege is out of right. control. Right, right, right. My feeling on that law is uh-huh. that... Uh, you know who's going to win that battle right, of right. human being or a car? Right, right, maybe right. the car should have the right of way. Right, right. You know, right? Well, um, maybe that's why the car shouldn't have the right of way because they'll win that battle every single time between human and car. But that's uh, the thing yeah. is, you you could be the pedestrian just you know going by the law, and yeah. then uh, you got the guy behind you like I ain't fucking stopping. Right, right. Well, then yeah. you're going to lose. Right? You know. Well, well, that's well. Okay, just to continue on that thought before where so the bus. The bus guy stopped. I didn't know he was stopping for me. And then I didn't move. And so he looked at me and he just drove on. I was like, oh. And then behind him was another bus. And then she stopped. And then I, I was like, 
Am I supposed to cross? I just stood there again waiting for her to go and then she horned me for not jaywalking. What? Yeah. And so I thought it's a it must be a Minneapolis thing where people stop for you to jaywalk. Maybe she recognized you from television. I would doubt it. I really doubt it. Yeah. Um but anyway, so that it's good to know that's not a thing. Yeah. yeah. I need to bring up um before we run out of Some time. Sponsors. I got to bring up that you get to work with my uh, who guy I love, Roy Wood Jr. Oh, dude, he's the best guy. We share office. Oh, you do? Yeah. Roy Wood Jr. is the model Human being and comedian. I love he, him. Great comic, prolific, smart, always smart, com- smart, hilarious comedy. Yeah. Super funny, always writing new material, but as a human being, just top notch. Like, so generous yeah. with his time and his advice and his what he can do for people. Always goes out his way to help people, very warm. I met him, we immediately, you know, we share office, like, we share the same space. Yeah. I always ask him for like help in navigating the American comedy market. You know, oh, right on. Um, He's been on this podcast twice. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. And he he was one of the guys that asked about this place. He said it's the best. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, man, of course. He, I can't say enough great things about him because no one is obligated to help other people because you know it's not your job to necessarily be friendly, even as a comedian to yeah. other comics. But he shows that it is possible to. To because Alan, do you know who Alan Havy is? No, the New York comic. He uh-huh. was recently in Hail Caesar. He's an old, you know, old, old comic, okay. old guy, and he's still in the game and all that. Mm-hmm. Very much so, and he's a super funny guy. And he told me first the second time I performed at the Comedy Cellar, he he came up. And he says that it's nice to meet you, Ronnie. I'm like, yeah, it's great to meet you. And I said it's really collegiate here in the Comedy Cellar. And he goes, yeah, I like to say that in com in stand up comedy, uh, we're we're in it for ourselves, but we're in it together. I think that's what he said. Something like that. Like, um, we're all we're in we're in it we're, we're in it for ourselves, but we're in it together. Which we're out for ourselves, but we're in it together. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense because we're, we're all individual comics, but we're all doing this together. And um, and so my point being that Roy really embraces that, and it shows sure. that you can. You can be a very, you can be successful. You can be funny. You can be, you can take the opportunities without, or w- while still helping other people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, that's and, awesome. I'm not so, surprised to hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, I, I love Ray. Yeah. Um, how many suits did you have to buy for a job on the Daily Show? Oh, I didn't have to buy any. I provided everything. Oh, it's the best. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Nice. So, I think one of the best jobs in comedy. Yeah, you can even come on tour. You know what I mean? They don't. They're not precious about you touring stand up. They're not okay. precious about you appearing on other shows. They're just like, yeah, do what you gotta do. I think they're very long. They've got a you know a a, a long term vision for it, where it's like anytime anyone associate associated with our show does well, it boosts our Absolutely. show. If he's promoting a show on another network, great. If he's promoting it live, great. And so they just go, yeah, go do what you gotta do. As long as it doesn't interfere when we need you, you know. You've had an amazing, uh, a busy lat well year, but definitely yeah. last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. You were at the. DNC, correct? I was at the RNC, then the DNC, and then just for last, back to back to back. And yeah. now in Minneapolis. Now in Minneapolis week, or for yeah. the weekend. Amazing, yeah. yeah, amazing. That's part of the, that's part of the dream, right? To be doing gigs, to be out, yeah, doing stuff that's important. Yeah. I'd say. How was Montreal? Montreal was great uh, this year. Um, uh, yeah, I I got named like one of Variety's ten comics to watch. Yes, so Con- went up there. Congratulations! Thanks so much. Yeah, I did the gig. It went well. Um, For people, who, I just I gotta no, interject please. the people who don't think that's kind of a big deal. I saw some of the names of people who have won that, have been named to that in the Jim, past. Yeah, Louis C.K. 
Yeah. 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 Zach Galifianakis, Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool. Those are good names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really cool to be associated with them. Um and um just for last, I love going up there every year. Uh, I've, I've been up there. I wasn't even supposed to go this year because I just went last year. Um and so usually they just try to rotate you. Okay. Um if you you know if you've been there before. So and then I got the variety ten comics to watch. So they're like, oh, might as well have him in yeah. the festival. So I was I was that that was lucky. And um, Montreal is a great city, by the way. Just like just like Minneapolis and and, and Cleveland, you know, um, it reminds me a lot of Melbourne, actually, uh, Montreal. Um, and the shows were great. It was nice to see. Oh, I got to see a lot of friends from Australia and the UK who came over. Oh yeah. So I got to hang out with those guys. You cool. know, this this it's this weird international festival circuit of Australian and British guys uh-huh. and girls. Um, and you know, we always hang out. It's 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 funny, man. We travel around the world and we keep seeing each other. What so. uh, what provide what provided better material? The RNC or the DNC? I think the RNC was more just because uh, of what it was. Yeah. You know, um, the the vibe on the ground. I have to say, it was fine. It wasn't. You know, you. I. I. There's no need to exaggerate what happened. I. I think it was fine. Objectively, it wasn't like some heightened state of tension. The police in Cleveland during the RNC were on. I'm, I believe were on super good behavior. Uh, probably under. In orders to do so. So whenever you pass by heavily armed police officers in groups, they would always go, "Hi, how, how's your oh, day? Okay. How are you doing?" Like going out of their way to be friendly to civilians. Um, the protests were protests, but it was very controlled and contained. Um, the local Clevelanders, super friendly, did not give a fuck about that shit. You uh-huh. know, they were like, "We're not causing trouble." People who cause trouble are out of towners. Yeah. So every everyone in Cleveland I met was so friendly. I had. Two people eavesdrop on my problems uh, and offer solutions, even oh, though they were like not even involved in my conversation. And they'd be like coming and like, "Hey, I heard you are looking for this kind of restaurant here. Yeah, let me suggest this place." I was oh, like, "Oh, nice. thanks so much." Um, the only time it got weird was when there was the guys with guns protesting, the rifle guys, and so they're walking with rifles, mm-hmm. and then they were surrounded by police. And I was like, "This is a lot of firepower." That's too many guns in one place. Mm-hmm. But the energy wasn't particularly insane okay. for that thing. You know, I thought it was fine. Uh, I went to DNC. It was oh, but the crazy part about what was go- what was going on every day because it's inherently remarkable. You know, when you have soap opera stars. Calling the president a Muslim, <laughs> right? It's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. It, that it's we're a little crazy. In this world, really. It's a little crazy. Like yeah. I know we're biased, but objectively, it was a little crazy. You know, mm-hmm. Trump always, you know, that guy. Like everything he does is a is a is a headline and parody of itself. And, yes. And um, have, you been, have you been watching? Uh, I know you don't work on the show, but have you fervent supporters of him? Where it's like, oh, you guys actually do genuinely like him and it's like okay let's examine that a bit sorry what were you saying oh i was gonna say are you uh have you been watching john oliver's coverage of yeah trump yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i just think that's yeah is oliver's great i met up with him in his office to discuss um being a non-american correspondent on a daily show which is a very specific thing that only he and i well i guess trevor but trevor wasn't wasn't a correspondent so oh wow so i emailed i got uh oliver's contact from the eps uh, executive producers of the show, and uh, we met up in his office. You know, not to take photos, not to post on Facebook for likes. It's just 100% work. And he's a he's a real work focused kind of guy. So we both just talked about being a foreign correspondent. Wow. Immensely helpful. Wow. So helpful to talk That's to him about awesome. it. Yeah. And he's a great. He's another great guy. That is awesome. And he and I he and I have more similarities than than most people because we both come from that 
uh, f- festival circuit style. That Mel- Australian style is very similar to our UK style. We do like one hour shows every year. Yeah. So he, he comes from that. And um, he also, you know, he's, when he came, he was like non American, trying to figure it out. And um, he's also, yeah, he, he was doing these field pieces. So I got to ask him about that, you know. Um, yeah, he was very generous of his time and advice and super friendly. Yeah. Awesome. So, what do you have? Uh, so you're here for in Minneapolis through the weekend. There's two more shows tonight. If people hear this today, Friday, Saturday. Uh, then where do you go next week? Oh, yeah, I'm going to um, Denver for Comedy Works. Okay. Comedy Works Comedy Club. So like I said, I'm really excited to... Oh, I haven't said it on this podcast. I was talking about on morning radio. Part of the joys of this, of being in America... And being on the show is I get to tour stand-up comedy. I get to visit these different cities. Mm-hmm. For me, that's a huge thrill to see more of America. Like, I'm genuinely psyched to, like, go to these different towns. Yeah. And, and so I get to go to Denver next next week. After that, I'm going to Austin. Um, and I think I got something in Tennessee. So, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm really lucky to be able to... When, when's the next Daily Show uh, gig? Um, on Monday. On Monday? We, we, we start again on Monday. We had a week off. Okay. And, um, I, you know, I take the week off to do stand-up, but... Uh, yeah, we still get on Monday. Okay. And then I noticed, well, we can promote this, that if people are going to come to your shows this weekend, bring a few extra bucks because you're selling uh, some DVDs. and. Oh, yeah. I'm selling some comedy specials. Not I just DVDs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just DVDs. I, I, I'm selling my comedy specials after the show. But uh, honestly, it's just a good excuse to meet people. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a bit about it, so I just do that bit. You know, yeah, I'm, it was, I'm, yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> oh, we, won't, we won't ruin yeah, yeah, that thanks, here, man. but thanks, it was very man. funny. And uh, I... It worked. I don't know how many you actually sold last night, but the crowd you had out there of people yeah, coming yeah. to say hi and take pictures yeah, was yeah. huge. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know if if what to measure it by, but yeah. I don't know if it's always like that. I think yeah, I don't know. Just I really don't know. You had a big crowd. Oh, cool. That was yeah. nice. It's nice to meet people and say hi. And you know, um, merch merch can get really cynical because sure. it's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you trying to push more? Like, trying to sell more stuff? Right, but right. honestly, I just do it just so I can meet people after the show and like just talk to people how did you i'm always curious how they come to see my see my show yeah yeah because i'm like why why is anyone here <laughs> right. don't you have better things to do like you there was a, you know what this uh, you asked that last night and someone mentioned a podcast what was oh, that oh yeah the Dum Dum club podcast which Dumb is Dumb a club. australian podcast which I, the closest analogy i can make is that it's kind of like the opie and anthony kind of show in oh, australia okay. where it's two comics who constantly just trash each other and trash everyone on the show and so we just trash we spend like an hour just sh- talking shit about each other okay um and it some for some reason is one of the most popular podcasts in australia shout out to the dum dum club podcast um they and i can't believe people listen to it here that's crazy the power <laughs> of the internet right yeah it's uh-huh. the future it's awesome um so yeah that was interesting to see there's some australian connections some people who are from Australia, who I think I was one person from Australia. People who watch the Australian podcast, uh, sorry, listen to the podcast, yeah. and um, people who have been to Australia, who are mini, 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 Minnesotans, Minnesotans, yeah. uh, who have been to Australia. There were some some of those. There were some Malaysians. That was yeah, cool. yeah, Jeez. it's nice. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right, we better wrap this up. You got other stuff to do. Thanks so much for having me. It's this a, this is great, man. Like yeah. I said, I, your show last night was fantastic. I honestly, Nate was so funny last night. Yeah. I was like, boy, Ronnie's got to come out. Yeah, and Nick it. was killing it. I was like, thank yeah, and I respect. I'm like, yeah, bring it, bring yeah. it every single time. And you and, both did, and it oh. it was. I'm not exaggerating. I'm going to say it was so fun and so good. Very so. kind of you. You watch a lot of comedy, so that means a lot. Yeah, so, much um, yeah. so thank you for doing this, yeah, and uh, continued success, man. I'll be watching on Comedy Central. Thanks so much. Hopefully I'll see you again soon.